This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. These things can sometimes be like a therapy session. Yeah. People are coming at you like super vulnerable, pointing out what they're insecure about with their physical features. And I have to be very aware of how I can approach this in order for you to like stay level headed Mm -hmm. because it can definitely like people can get carried away with it. Yeah. And I think that's where like the stigma comes from, too. Welcome to The Real Real, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hi, Marissa. Hi. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, which this would be the very first YouTube podcast so you're my very first in-person on video guest but we have like wires all over the place the setup is not the best and we took like 30 minutes trying to set this up so (laughs) thanks for being patient with me oh my gosh of course I I'm happy I'm here so I'm in no rush no I'm so excited we've been wanting to do this podcast for a really really long time like I've been telling you I'm like I want you on my podcast you've been messaging me we finally got it together on a Sunday afternoon, which I'm really excited about. And if you guys don't know, Marissa is a PA and she actually does my lips. So she does my lip filler. She's done my Botox. And I've never done lip filler before you. So I can't compare it in terms of like experience, but I can compare it in terms of looks. And anytime I talk to like anyone about filler getting their lips done I'm always like you need to come to Florida. Like I don't care where they live. I'm like <laughs> if you live in LA like my friend was in town and I was like book an appointment with Marissa. My friend from Texas was in town and I was like, figure out when you're coming next and like book an appointment with her. My sister, like I always tell people and even if they're like, I don't know if I'm, if I like, I'm going to get them done or not. I'm like, okay, well, if you do, (laughs) you need to book it here. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. so nice. I found you on Instagram and then ever since. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, how did we did I reach out to you? Did you reach out to me? Like when you first became a patient, it's because you came in, right? And then I I think I saw that you had a following and I was like, wait, like, I feel like we could do something here. Like, would you be okay if I like posted this or something? Right? That's how it started. I found you through a girl that posted about you here in Miami. And I was like always contemplating if I should get my lips done or not. I have like a little bit of lips. Like it's not like I didn't have any. Right. But I wanted like a little bit more like upper lip and like just a little fuller. But I'm so scared of looking fake like Mm -hmm. because I've seen a lot of girls that it's so obvious when they get things done. And I'm like, I don't really want to look like that. And I don't want to like mess it up. But once I saw this girl post about you and I loved the way hers looked and then I went on your Instagram and liked the way that like you did everyone else's, I DM'd you. And I was like, can I book an appointment? (laughs) I love it. And I think that's how we like that's how it all started Mm -hmm. and then we became friends after because I was like wait yeah we we be friends (laughs) (laughs) well normally I feel like PAs or like 
people that do um, injections, they're a lot older. Yeah. Yeah. So you're I'm really definitely young. on the younger side. I think I look younger. I'm 29. So some people are like, they come in and they're like, are you 18? Like, what are you doing? But I still, even at 29, I'm on the younger side. And I love that a lot of my patients are in their 20s or in their 30s. And I really, forming relationships with my patients is so much fun because at the end of it, some of them will be like, wait, like, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. I was following your, obviously, like, PA account, but then I was like, I'm going to just follow her personal yeah. account. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look her up. I'm just going to follow her personal account. I love too. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we started following each other on the personal accounts, and then we, like, would always respond to each other's stories and stuff. And we've been trying to do this podcast for, like, six months. I know. <laughs> literally forever. But it's happening now. But I want to go back to when you decided that you wanted to be a PA. Mm -hmm. So... Did you always want to go into medicine? And when you did go into medicine, were you thinking that you were going to be doing like aesthetics or injections or what was kind of your 10 year plan when you were younger? So my plan changed every year because I did not know what I wanted to do. And I think it's kind of unfair to go into college and people expect you to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. Like that's mm -hmm. a big decision to make. And it's OK if you change your mind. So when I first started going to college, I went to UCF my first two years in Orlando and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I took like all of the like beginning courses of like, I was like, do I want to be a teacher? Like, I don't know what I want to do. And then I started doing well in the science classes and I liked the science part of things, which is weird because growing up, I was terrible at science. Like it was my hardest subject always. But I think I liked the challenge and mm -hmm. that's kind of what pushed me to keep doing it. And I didn't know what I wanted to specialize in or anything, but I was like, let's be a doctor. Like, that sounds fun. <laughs> Were you like a Grey's Anatomy watcher? Yes. When I was younger, I also thought I wanted to be a doctor. And when I was younger, when I was like in middle school, like early high school, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be like Meredith Grey. Mm -hmm. I no. really, I was like, <laughs> I want to feel important. Like, I want people to look at me and be like, wow, like she's important. We need her. <laughs> So then I transferred to the University of Miami. I finished college there and I decided to take a year off after graduating to study for the MCAT and apply to medical school. And during that year, it was the first time in my life that I wasn't studying for something. And I lived in the library when I was in college. Like I had so much anxiety and I didn't even realize it until now, like looking back. But I lived in the library. Every single time I would go out, I would like feel guilty for like having fun because I would be like, I should be studying. Yeah. Especially because it's so competitive to get into medical school. I wanted to die. So it was the first time in my life that I wasn't studying. And I kind of got to experience life for what it was. And I was like, oh, like life isn't all about school. And it's the first time that I realized that. <laughs> so then I was like, I don't know if I want to be in school for the rest of my life because there's medical school, which is four years. A lot of people have to take a gap year in between medical school and residency, mm -hmm. do a year of research to become a competitive applicant for residency, do two or three years of residency. And then if you want to specialize further, you have to do a fellowship. So by the time you get out, you're like kind of old. Yeah. You would just be getting out now, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I decided that I didn't want to necessarily be a doctor anymore, but I still wanted to be in medicine. So I was like, how can I like be a doctor without being a doctor? 
And I literally Googled that. I'm like, what's like under a doctor, but like still being able to like help people. Mm -hmm. And that's how I found out what a PA was. And I was like, I wish I knew about this before. Like my colleges that I went to, like didn't really teach the kids what being a PA was. So I didn't know much about it. And then once I decided to go to PA school, it was like the best decision of my life by far. Like looking back now, I'm so thankful that I decided to do it because I can live my life. Like the work-life balance is so much more attainable. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's not for everyone. I'm not like bashing doctors, but it just, it was the best path for me. So I'm so glad that I did it. And then during my PA school rotations, I chose an elective rotation in dermatology. And that's when I saw like the cosmetic side of things. And I was like, wait, this is actually amazing to be able to like help people feel more comfortable in their own skin. Like it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I loved that not everyone is good at it. Like you really have to have an eye. It's like an art almost. A hundred percent. I don't want someone that like doesn't have that eye doing like working on my face. Yeah. And like tiny little things, tiny little changes can make such a big difference in someone's confidence. And I loved that part of it. So then I started looking more into the aesthetic side of medicine. And that's kind of how all of that unfolded. You know what the best feeling is when you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water and so it so it not only gives you immediate shine but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part, in a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss. Loss. Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T H E O U A I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code RealReal. Were you someone that was getting fillers yourself? Were you getting Botox? Like, were you interested in that in your personal life? Yeah. So right before PA school, I had gotten lip filler for the first time. And I remember it was terrifying. I was so nervous. I didn't know like what to expect or what I was going to look like or anything. And it was also like still not that accepted the way that it is Mm -hmm. sort of now. So I got lip filler and then like a year later, I got some Botox and the way that it just like made subtle changes to my face, it enhanced my confidence so much because I wasn't like insecure about the things that I used to be insecure about anymore because someone was able to help me with that. Yeah. 
So I loved that part of it and the way that it changed like my life and my confidence and the way I felt about myself. I wanted to be able to do that for other people too. Yeah. Well, I think that like it does get such a bad rap. Like it gets people think like, oh, you know, plastic surgery or filler or, you know, it like makes people look fake Mm -hmm. or it's so obvious. Like one of my biggest pet peeves, I always say this, but it's when like guys will say, make comments and they're like, I like a girl that's natural. And then I'm like, (laughs) yes. And then I'm like, okay, show me what type of girl. Right. And they'll show me girls that I know get lip filler, get Botox, get like whatever threads, get whatever else. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you like it because she got a great job, you know, Mm -hmm. but like just because you get something done does not mean that you are not like naturally beautiful either. Like they're both naturally beautiful. But I think the language that bothers me is when they assume that because you've gotten anything done that it's not like natural, you know, completely I'm like you can just enhance your natural beauty with it. When I had this was like two years ago, I had already gotten lip filler and Botox and I went on a date with a guy and we were talking about it because I, I think I told him I was like interested. I think I was still in PA school and I told him I was interested in the aesthetic portion of medicine. And he was like, please don't ever get your lips done. Like you really like you don't need it. And I'm like, little do you know. And it's so annoying. Like it's so true. So many guys. It's really the guys who say it more than anything. Oh, yeah. And it's like, first of all, no one asks for your opinion. (laughs) And second of all, most people who have lip filler, you don't notice it or Botox. Like you don't notice it because it's a job well done. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, if I have a patient who I do their lips or Botox or whatever, and then they walk out on the street and someone comes up to them and says, oh, my gosh, like, who's your injector? That means I did a bad job. Mm-hmm. Because I want it to be natural. I want it to be something that people don't notice because I don't like the overdone look. Some yeah. people are into that and like more power to you if you are. But that's just not my technique and like the way that I approach it. Yeah. And I think that that bothers me so much when people say that, because like I said, like it really does just increase your natural beauty and it doesn't need to look like fake or anything like that. Do you ever tell clients? Are you ever like, hey, like, Maybe you don't need to get something done or maybe let's not go overboard. Like, do some clients come to you and they really want like more, more, more. And you're like, I know this is going to look like not natural. Yeah. Yeah. It has happened before. I am always honest. So at the end of the day, you really have to have like your patient's best interest at mind or at heart. You can't just like go into it being like, oh, like, If you look at your patients like dollar signs, then you're immediately like going to fail. And if someone comes in and like you, for example, I really like the way your lips look. If you told me that you wanted more, I would be like, we can do a little more, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to give you double of what you have because one, it would look so bad. Yeah. And even if like you think it looks good, I know that it doesn't look good. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that. And on top of that, the more you put in, if your lips can't handle it. There's too much pressure in there and then it migrates Mm. and then it goes into areas that you don't want it to. And then it looks really bad. It's like when you get that like upper lip bump. Yeah. When like, yeah, yeah, that's like migrating. Yeah. But I have no problem telling patients like, no, if you want more, like go to someone else because I'm not going to do it on you. Really? So you can like, I mean, 
it's your work that is being reflected. Like if someone's like, oh, it's so obvious where you get your lips done. And they told me that it was you. And I like hate the way that they look. I'm not going to go to you. Right. Because I feel like exactly. okay, that's her work. Like, no, that's yeah. what she does. My patients are my walking advertisements. Like I say it all the time. And I don't want it to be ugly. I really mm-hmm. don't. I want it to be something that will benefit you. And of course, like my number one priority is making people happy. But I know that there can be like an unhealthy side to all of this and like becoming addicted to lip filler, becoming addicted to the way you look and never being happy and always pointing out a flaw. And that's like almost the most important part of my job is these things can sometimes be like a therapy session. Yeah, People are coming at you like super vulnerable, pointing out what they're insecure about with their physical features. And I have to be very aware of how I can approach this in order for you to like stay level headed Mm -hmm. because it can definitely like people can get carried away with it. Yeah. And I think that's where like the stigma comes from, too. So when people come to you and you can tell that they're like, because sometimes I think that the slippery slope is that you're never satisfied. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I got my lips done. Next, I want to get, you know, lifts, then threads, then cheek filler, then uh, maybe like jaw filler, and maybe then sculpting, whatever. You know, like, there's always little things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like it's your job to also be like, hey, you don't need that? Like, you're... You know, like, because it's giving you more money also, Mm -hmm. like if they want more and more. But do you ever feel like that line of like, do I tell them that like, I don't think they need more or it's their body, they can do whatever they want. And so I'll do it for them. It's their body. They can do whatever they want, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) So if I feel like they're getting too carried away with it, I have no problem in telling them you're not going to benefit from this anymore. Like you're going to reach a point where like you're going to lose your beauty. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite ways of approaching this is I always take before and after pictures and people forget what they used to look like. Mm -hmm. So if I think that they look great the way they are and they tell me that they want this and that and all these things that I really don't think that they would benefit from, I take a picture of what they look like now. I show them the original when they first came in, whether that be a month before or like three years before. And I'm like, look at what we've done already. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to keep working on something because you're eventually going to hit a point where it's not going to benefit you anymore. And it's only going to subtract from your beauty. Yeah, that's so hard because there is so much pressure today to always have like that next thing, you know, or like. I feel like social media and, you know, certain celebrities really influence beauty standards. Yeah. And, you know, you'll have like Bella Hadid, who has like a very snatched, like alien like face. Like it looks like she's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But like it doesn't look like a real person anymore. Like it's like like you are on your own beauty standard. And I'm not saying this to like bash her. Like I think she's gorgeous. But you can tell that there's like a lot of work that's been done. And then you'll see girls that completely like alter their entire face to like look like someone else and then they end up getting like carried away because like then that person like Bella Hadid might change the way she looks and she now has softer features and mm-hmm. it's like what are you gonna do are you gonna now go back and do that like they have so much money yeah and so much accessibility to like the best doctors in the world 
like yeah they can change the way that they look in like a second or the best makeup artist that can like change the way they look in a second Mm -hmm. but you can't so like when are you going to be okay with the way that you look and you're going to reach a point where you're doing more harm than good Mm -hmm. you know there's this trend now with the buckle fat removal do you know what that is yes it scares me so much i'm like it is so stupid why i wish if you're interested in getting that done like please do not because you will regret it in the future so this area right here is Mm -hmm. like people like like the snatch look that like like bella hadid has for example and sure it might look good now but down the line when you start aging this is just going to get thinner and thinner and thinner and you can't put filler here you can't oh really it's not possible yeah so you're just going to have like a super thin face and then it's going to be really, really hard to like get that volume back when you are losing volume because we all lose volume as we age. Like we lose collagen. It's just like a way of life. So you had people ask you for it. I've had one patient come in and told me that she got it surgically done before and that she regretted it. So she wanted filler there. And I was like, we can't do filler. We can do sculpture, which is another thing that like stimulates collagen production. Mm -hmm. But like, all of that because you got a surgery to remove what now you wish you had. Yeah. You know, so it's the trends. Some of them are fine and other ones are just such a bad idea. And people just run with it because mm-hmm. they think like, especially with TikTok nowadays, like <laughs> trends change so fast. Crazy. Yeah. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. So I know that you said that it's kind of like a therapy session, like when some patients come to you. Yeah. And you yourself obviously have like grown and become more confident. And like, I know you've talked about that on TikTok as well. What's kind of your secret of like becoming a more confident person while still that balance of, you know, it's okay to like want things done. It's okay to want those like natural enhancements and stuff, but remaining confident. It's tricky for sure. I don't think that there's like one answer to that. It took me a long time to become confident. That's for sure. Like in college, even I was a scared human being. (laughs) Like, I didn't like when people looked at me. I always felt like I was taking up too much space. And I just like I wasn't confident with the way that I looked either. Like, I never really thought that I was like anything special. And what I've learned, first of all, like comparing yourself to others is always going to make you feel horrible about Mm -hmm. yourself. You really just have to like do your best to love who you are from the inside. And then the energy that you like exude from that will make such a big difference in the way that other people treat you in life. 
So with physical beauty, I think it's tricky because I like being able to help people when someone sits in my chair. It's such, like I said, such a vulnerable thing for them to point out what they don't like or what Mm -hmm. they want to change. And honestly, like bedside manners in my job is maybe one of the most important things because if you're sitting in my chair and I'm pointing out all the things that I don't like about you or that I think I could fix, it's like new insecurity unlocked, you know? Right, right. if, If I start pointing out like, oh, like, I don't know, like you lost a lot of volume in your cheeks, like you need cheek filler. And you're like, wait, what? Like I thought my cheeks were good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's definitely something that you have to like be careful with the way that you approach things. But back to like the confidence thing of it all, I really think it just comes with time and with learning who you are. And that comes with experience. And then waking up every day and you know, like really trying to be the best version of yourself, then you're going to start liking yourself more. Mm -hmm. I saw this thing on TikTok. I listened to this other podcast and they were talking about beauty standards and how everyone's like, especially everyone on TikTok now, which I love TikTok, but like sometimes it can be toxic. Oh, 100%. (laughs) And people people are like, you should embrace like your beauty and embrace aging. Like, why is everyone so anti aging? And I agree. I don't like the word anti-aging because the other option is dying. Like you're either aging or you're dying. Like those are the only two options. So it's obviously like a good thing to be alive and whatever that includes aging. But everyone now is like, embrace your wrinkles, like embrace aging. Like why is everyone so afraid of like getting older? And it's like, it's not like that. It's not being afraid of getting older. It's about aging gracefully and doing whatever you want in order to achieve like what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. So if that's getting Botox because you're noticing that you're getting wrinkles in your forehead, like no one should shame you for wanting to do that. We dye our hair if we have gray hair and no one says anything about that. But then when it comes to like injectables, because it's such a slippery slope, people immediately just like exit out and they're like, no, and they like want to cancel it. And I don't think that that's the way that it should be. I think it should be something that, you know, you do slowly, you make sure you go to the right person. And it could be something about like aging gracefully or just like feeling better in your own skin. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a difference between insecurities that come from like, I've always been insecure about like tiny lips or whatever versus, oh, I'm now seeing filters and I'm seeing these celebrities I'm seeing influencers and they're prettier than me and I want to become pretty and I think there's differences in insecurities like absolutely insecurity that comes with comparison and granted all insecurity probably at one point stemmed from comparison but when it's really like you're just comparing it to like people that you're seeing online or filters even now and that you're like oh well I thought I was fine but now that I see myself compared to this person or compared to this filter and what I look like without it like I actually am not pretty I think Mm -hmm. that's bad insecurity versus hey I've always been insecure about this I just want to get like a little bit of filler in just to like make myself feel a little better and feel a little bit more confident it's kind of like when you're wearing a cute outfit like you feel better like you feel better when you're wearing a cute outfit than when you're wearing sweats and sweatpants and like no makeup and whatever Mm -hmm. you just feel more confident and I don't think anyone shames people when they feel more confident for that you know so like if it is subtle things then that you shouldn't get shamed for that either Exactly. 
I agree with the filter thing. I have some patients come in and they show me them with a filter and they're like, I want my lips to look like this. I was going <laughs> to ask you if people do that. Like, do people yeah. come in and they're like, yeah. okay, so let's pull open Snapchat. Let's pull open the bold glamour filter on TikTok. Literally. They're like, I want to look like that. And I'm like, okay, well, let's take a step back for a second. And, you know, it helps me to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, like that is an unachievable beauty standard. And that filter makes everyone look the same. Imagine if we all look the same. It takes away beauty. It does. I have a friend who is beautiful and she comes to me for subtle like Botox, lip filler, whatever. And she told me that she is thinking about getting a nose job. She has like maybe a tiny bump, nothing crazy. And I looked at her and I was like, I obviously do whatever you want. It's your face at the end of the day, like more power to you, like do whatever you want. But I personally, I like your nose. Like she is such a beautiful person and her nose makes her different. Mm -hmm. If she got like that cute button nose that everyone has, then it's not going to make her stand out as much. Like uniqueness is beautiful and we have to embrace that. But then at the same time, like if it's something that she's insecure about, I always say this. If you have been thinking about something for long enough, then do it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's buying that designer bag or those sneakers or getting your lips done, like don't be so spontaneous and impulsive with these things. But if it's something that you've been thinking about for long enough, then do it because you're never going to stop thinking about it at that point. Right, right. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's like, I don't want to look like everyone else. But when you compare yourself on Instagram to people that all look the same, it's kind of like and you see also a lot of girls will look at like the pictures that maybe like a guy that they like is liking or who they're following and they don't look like those girls or like who's becoming famous right now, who's blowing up. Oh, I don't look like that. Like, I don't have that body. I don't have that face. And then they think like, that's the reason why that that person gets attention or that person has fame or that person has those guys liking them. They're never going to like me and I'm never going to be like that. And I hate that because that's also something when I was younger, I used to feel like I've always been very, very small and petite and like no boobs, no butt. I'm saying that just like I never really loved that I didn't have like any curves like mm -hmm. I because I could see that guys are paying attention to girls that had boobs and had a nice butt or like they would make comments like that. And I'm like, OK, well, that's not me. So like. <laughs> I'm never going to be like that. And when I was younger, I was like, oh, I kind of want a boob job, like maybe, you know, just to get like them a little nicer, bigger and nothing wrong with boob jobs at all. Like maybe in later in life, I'll get one. Like, I don't know. I'm never going to say never. But now I'm like so happy that I didn't mm -hmm. because the only reason why I wanted it was like I was comparing myself to other people and because like guys liked girls with that. Mm -hmm. That's literally the only reason why it was not because like me personally would feel more confident with it. It was to get like other people's attention. Yeah. And I'm so glad now that I didn't do that because now I can like, I never wear bras. I can wear whatever I want. Like <laughs> I saw I, your TikTok. You're like, like things that. I don't do anymore. Yeah. Wear a bra. Like when's the last time I did that? <laughs> I know. I just like, I never do that anymore. And yeah. I'm, like it's kind of yeah. nice. Like I'm wearing one today for the first time in like months because <laughs> I'm wearing like a white tight shirt. And I like, went to church this morning. So I'm like, I can't like not wear one. Jesus would not approve. Yeah, You're I no like, bra. I like, need one just for this situation. But like if I wasn't going there, then like I wouldn't wear one. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And also like, like you said, like the trends come and go. Like it's trendy to have small boobs too. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like to not wear a bra, like girls with big boobs are like, I wish I could not wear a bra, but like they literally can't because their boobs would be everywhere. Exactly. It's so funny. It's so funny how I'm glad that you didn't. If you wanted to for the right reasons, then absolutely do it. But if it's for the wrong reasons, then it's never worth it because you're going to end up regretting it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. And also, I want to talk about TikTok for a second, like social media, because you're (laughs) kind of like, I feel like you're growing a lot on there, too. I try sometimes. Yeah. How is that? Do you have, do majority of your patients come like from social media now? And also like, I guess like with social media growing, like, is that something that you want to pursue too? Or would you ever like give up being a PA to like do social media full time if you were able to? Oh my gosh. No one's ever asked me that before. Because I always feel like people that are like big on social media, if they work like corporate jobs, the second that they become an influencer and like make enough money, like they're out because right. like, obviously it's so much more fun to be a content creator. Yeah. But I feel like you have like a passion for being a PA. So like, yeah. I don't know if you would if you would give that up. I wouldn't just because I spent so many years of my life working toward mm-hmm. my career. And not only that, but I love what I do. Like I don't wake up every morning and think like, oh, I have to go to work. First of all, my coworkers are amazing. I love everyone that I work with. I really enjoy the environment that I work in. And I look forward to seeing my patients. I, it's something that I, I'm passionate about. And I would never give up my passion just because it's a job. You know right. what I mean? But yeah, I get the majority of my patients from my Instagram and a lot of them from TikTok, actually, too, which is really funny because it's TikTok. Like, I never <laughs> thought that I would, like, get patients from TikTok. But now that it's kind of, like, growing and stuff, I do get some patients from there. And it's I always ask people, like, oh, like, where did you find me? And I'd say, like, 90% of it is Instagram and 10% is TikTok. That's crazy. Yeah. It's really funny. Because your TikTok is mainly, like, your personal life, I feel like, right? Like you have a focus yeah. on PA, but it's a lot of like personal stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that if I post a lot of stuff about like my job before and afters on TikTok, it doesn't do as well. But if I do like stuff about like my work outfits or like day in my life or like get ready with me, those tend to do or like things I've learned in my 20s. I love doing those. Those do really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what like people want to know about me. Like, this is beer. <laughs> yeah. Like your Instagram is like your work side and like your portfolio. And then TikTok, it's like people want to know you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love your things I've learned in my 20s videos. Thank you. I think that they're so good. They help so many people. What are some things you can repeat what you've said on TikTok, but what are some like big lessons that you have learned in your 20s? I'd say one of the biggest ones that I had a really hard time learning is not everyone is going to like you and it has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time with that. I got bullied like crazy when I was in middle school. And I feel like that really shaped me as a human. I really, truly think that that's the reason why I'm such a nice person now and why a lot of insecurities came out of that. But looking back, obviously, every bad thing that's ever happened to me ended up being a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. and has like really helped me for the better. So after middle school, I never really had problems with anyone because I really try hard to be liked by everyone. And then I realized that that wasn't a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) And a few years ago, there were a group of girls who were not nice to me at all. And they just they didn't even know me. 
I never had a conversation with them in my life and they just hated me. And I had such a hard time with it because all I wanted was their approval. And I reached a point where I tried so hard and wasn't getting anywhere with them. And then I woke up one day and I was like, why do I care? Mm -hmm. And I realized that the more sure you become of yourself and the more you learn about yourself and understand who you are, the less you care about what other people think of you. Yeah. So when they didn't like me, I was like, am I a bad person? Like, is that why? Like, do I need to change? And now I look at it and if someone doesn't like me, I'm like, well, it's your loss. Yeah, (laughs) as you should. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't want, like, I don't like everyone. So why do I expect everyone to like me? You know, so that's definitely one of the biggest things that I've learned. And it was one of the hardest pills to swallow because I always just like really cared about what other people thought of me. And I can tell you it's the most relieving thing to not care anymore. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, I totally agree. I, I feel like everyone kind of goes through a moment where you're either trying for everyone to like you. And maybe if you're listening, you're still trying to have everyone like you or you realize, actually, I don't care. And I'm fine with people not like me because like you said, you don't like everyone and you don't that doesn't necessarily mean that you hate them. It doesn't mean that you like dislike them. Right. They're just like not someone that you would be friends with. Like, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with them. It's just like you guys are different. Yeah. Even the people who have treated me badly, I don't dislike. It's just I'm not going to be your friend because you don't want to be my friend. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that I think it comes with self-awareness too. like being self-aware that you're not doing anything wrong. You're not a bad person. You're not annoying. It's just you guys aren't like compatible people or some other people are just really mean. And like you don't want them to like you. There are mean people out there. Yes. And <laughs> I don't know about you, but like I'm someone that I genuinely just see the good in people. Yes. That's like honestly a flaw sometimes though. <laughs> yes. Like I just automatically assume that people are good mm-hmm. and that like if you don't like me it's because there's like maybe I'm doing something wrong or maybe mm-hmm. you know like maybe you had a bad day or I like always want to like give people like multiple chances benefit of the doubt yeah and then I realized like some people are just really freaking mean like yeah they just are unhappy they're never going to be happy at least like if they don't change and that's not on me and I think that comes with a lot of self-awareness but also being able to like read other people and figure out If you want to continue in a situation or if you're just like, I'm out of here and like, I don't care and I don't care if you like me or don't like me, like I'm not going to like put in any more effort and I'm not going to change myself for you. I will say the biggest thing that I didn't understand when people didn't like me, my friends or whatever, my family, whoever would be like, oh, it's because they're jealous. And I never believed that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what would they be jealous of? Like, it doesn't stem from jealousy. So that's one thing that I never understood why people didn't like me. And then when people would say, oh, it's jealousy, I'm like, that's definitely not it, though. Like, it has to be something else. And I've realized over the years that, like, a lot of it is jealousy. I I was going to say, honestly, a lot of it is jealousy. And also a lot of it is that other people are really just unhappy. Yeah. And I feel like when you're unhappy, you don't want to see other people happy. Yeah. And so if you have like anything, they'll pick out anything that they're kind of like, why does she have that? Why is she like that? They see it as a threat or something. Yes. Or it stems like from their own insecurity. Like they don't like that everyone else likes you. So they decide that they're not going to like you. Mm -hmm. Or like I see this all the time with social media. And obviously this happens in real life, too. But especially you see it with influencers. People at first will 
worship someone pretty much, which is also not good, but they'll be like, oh my God, I love this influencer. I love this content creator. They're amazing. And then everyone else starts to like them. And it's like, wow, you're so great. Yay. And then they get a lot of followers and then they quit their job and then they start doing social media full time and then they start like becoming bigger. And then all of a sudden you're like at this peak and then people are like, actually, I never liked her. She's like, <laughs> she's so rude. She's she so becomes up. the villain. She, she becomes, becomes the, the villain. villain. And it always happens to women. Yeah. You do not see that happening to men on social media. Yeah. Because sadly, I mean, not sadly, but like, sadly, women do this more. But like other men, for the most part, I feel like aren't attacking other men on the Internet. They're mm-hmm. not like, oh, he's like not even funny. He's whatever. They just kind of are like, OK, Leah, we like him. But for some reason girls they get so catty or they get so like mean online and Mm -hmm. it's like actually I never liked you and you're ugly and (laughs) you're this you're that or they'll attack your character and be like you're just not relatable anymore you're like stuck up I remember that specifically happening to Emily Mariko Yes. The, the rice girl. Yes. The salmon and rice. Yes. Everyone loved her stuff. And then she became so big. And then people were like, we hate her. Yeah. They're and like, I was like, where she- did this come from? She literally posted the same content over and over and over again to the point where people started hating it for no reason. Like she did not change whatsoever. They just decided one day to wake up and be like, let's not like her anymore. And it's like she didn't do anything. Yep. Or they're like, actually, she has designer items and that's like yeah. not relatable. It's like. <laughs> Hate to break to you, but she's always had that. And you guys were fine. And also, like, okay, if you don't like someone anymore because they don't, you don't relate to them, then just don't watch them. Yeah. You don't have to voice your opinion on every matter. Yeah. Like, you really don't. And again, it goes back to, like, that's fine. Not everyone's going to like you. I am not asking for everyone to like me, but you don't need to be mean. Like, there's a difference between, like, I don't like you, so I'm not going to hang out with you, and I'm not going to talk to you, and I'm not going to follow you, and I'm going to whatever. All of that is totally fair. Totally valid remove yourself from that person's life but if you then say i don't like you so i'm now going to be mean to you that's just like no you're a bad person i really really think that being mean is the lowest tier of personality traits yeah like people are so scared of being boring that they would rather be mean Mm -hmm. because it like gives them some sort of leverage so when people are mean for no reason like honestly i think they're a loser I'm like, you're a weirdo and you can keep doing it. Like, it's not going to affect me, even though it used to. (laughs) But now I realize, like, you're just terrified of, like, being a boring person. So you decide to be mean instead. And that's your prerogative. Like, do whatever you want. But it's not my problem. Mm -hmm. Totally. No, I completely agree. And I think you see it. I mean, like, in real life, like how you were bullied, people are like that. And now you can interact with those types of people from all over the world on social media. So it's like, yeah, even harder. Like, they don't need to go to your middle school. They yeah. can live in another country. You can still feel that effect. Mm-hmm. And then some of the people that were mean to me in the past are now wanting to come and get lit filler. <laughs> <laughs> Do you take them? Are you like, sorry, I'm all booked. <laughs> Actually, I'm like really successful I'm now. Like, I really would rather not see you, but... <laughs> that's so funny that always happens though i mean honestly just don't stoop down to their level like if someone is mean don't be mean back because it's not worth it at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and once you're mean no one's gonna believe the nice anymore Mm -hmm. that's one thing that i've learned like i was mean to one person in the past like two years and i wasn't even that mean but 
I still think about it to this day because I'm like, now she just thinks that I'm a mean person. Yeah. And I'm like forever sorry about it. But still, I'm like the fact that I was capable of being like even giving like the slightest bit of attitude. I'm like, now she thinks that that's who I am as a person. And I hate that. I hate it. Yeah. So like people who think that being mean is like a cool thing. I'm like, I'm such a loser. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I totally agree. And yeah, it is something that like even like those girls from middle school, like they could have changed and like maybe become nicer today. But that's all you know them as now, because like that's who they were for a long period of time. And they affected you even to this day. Yeah, I have more of like a cross to bear with the older girls. Yeah. Like when you're in your 20s and you're being mean is so different from when you were in middle school and being mean. When you're in middle school, like you're still trying to learn who you are. There's one girl who bullied me like crazy in middle school and I've never, ever seen her again. And I have no like ill will toward her because I'm yeah. like, we're kids. Like right. she probably doesn't even remember half the things she did to me. But now that we're I'm 29 years old, like you're still bullying me. Like, the, no, what are pathetic. we doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Marissa, for coming on my podcast. This was amazing. I had so much fun. I'm glad that we talked about all of that. That was that was fun. I know. And also, I love I know I keep saying this, but like you really are the only they're only the second person I've talked to in person. (laughs) So the energy is just so much better. Oh, such a better conversation. I love it. I love it in person. This is fun. I love everything that you do. Like, I told all my friends, I was like, I'm gonna be on a podcast. And they're like, wait, who is she? And I'm like, Oh, you guys have no idea. Like, you have been such a cute person from the very beginning. Like, you're such a good person. You're so nice. Thank and you. you're, like, so loyal, too. Like, you'll post when I, like, post your lips or something. Like, you'll just randomly, like, post it and support me. And, like, it's not even coming from, like, a friend's standpoint because it's not even like we're close friends. But the fact that you do that to support my business means so much. So I want to say thank you for doing that. And I'm like glad that I could be here and we can just help support each other in our businesses. It's so cool. Yeah. No, thank you. Seriously. I'm like literally obsessed with you. No, I'm obsessed (laughs) with you. Like, what are you doing after this? Let's get lunch. (laughs) Seriously. Like every time I'm not kidding. I want to recruit everyone to you. I'm like, everyone needs to go to Marissa. Like, I don't care if you, they'll show me people. They'll be like, oh, well, I was going to go to this person, like wherever they live the person does a good job like I'm not gonna lie I'm like okay yeah that's fine but I'm like but no (laughs) (laughs) thank you well you're the best where can they find you and where can they also make an appointment with you oh yeah okay so I forgot about that you can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok the usernames are the same it's Marissa the PA Marissa's with two s's and then I work at Farber Plastic Surgery in Boca with Dr. Farber, who is the best plastic surgeon in the area. So you can call Farber Plastic Surgery. The link is in my bio also on Instagram and on TikTok. So you can call to make an appointment there. Amazing. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Bye.